Welcome to Celebration Church's podcast. We hope this helps you to know God better and trust Him more. To learn more about Celebration Church, please visit us at celebrationchurchlive.com. Well, good morning yet again, Celebration Church. You feeling alive in the 325? Come on. Hey, if we have not had the privilege of meeting yet, my name is Keenan Clark. I am uh, one of the pastors on staff here at Celebration Church, and it is uh, such an honor. We, me and my beautiful wife, Beth, we lead um, our young adult ministry. And uh, just shameless plug, if you are a young adult, which that is anyone over the age of 17, 17 and up, we're really loose on the and up, so anybody really over 17 can come. We have church every Thursday night right here, literally right in this room room. Um, God moves powerfully. We have full worship, just like you experienced a moment ago. Typically, I am preaching on any given Thursday night, and so we'd love to have you. Um, But today, I am not preaching. I'm preaching next Sunday, but I'm not preaching today. I'm really excited uh, for what you are about to experience. You are about to experience uh, some young communicators who are wired, fired, ready to rock, okay? Uh, and what I love about this is, number one, we, it shows that we have leadership who believes in the next generation, that God just doesn't want to use a bunch of old stoic people, okay? God wants to use the young people to breathe life into his kingdom, to, to help people to step over from death and into life. And that is what is about to happen this morning. And so real quickly, I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you. Before I bring them up, I want to challenge you. I want you to lean in this morning with the, with the same enthusiasm and the same seriousness that you would if it were Pastor Brandon standing here preaching this morning. Because the truth is, though it is not Pastor Brandon, it is still the same God speaking to you through these individuals. They're gonna bring a word, man, they tore up the first service and I'm excited for them to you know, empty the tank in this one. It's gonna be so, so good. So I encourage you, shout them down. Don't just sit there and stare at them. Some of them are insecure. They may throw the microphone at you. You never know. I'm kidding, you're safe. But don't just sit there and stare, get involved, say amen. Um, It it takes a lot, and listen to me, they have done the work. They have put in the prayer, they have put in the study time, they have been practicing, and I'm excited for what God is going to give you through them. So help me welcome to the stage the very first young adult preacher, Brooklyn Clark, come on. What is up? Good morning, my name is Brooklyn. And I'm super honored to be here this morning and to be sharing with you something that the Lord has really, really been teaching me in this season. So we're going to be in Proverbs 19, verses 20 through 21. It says, listen to advice and accept instruction that you may gain wisdom in the future. Many are the plans in the mind of man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. That's a good word, right? I, I believe it. So I have a point of truth that I really want you to hang on to today and to take with you, and that is he who holds your ear holds your future. I'm gonna say that again. He who holds your ear holds your future. So hang on to that while I tell you a story that if you've been here for many, many years, you've probably heard my brother, Pastor Keenan, who was just up here, tell this story, but I'm gonna tell you my version of it or the truth of what really happened. And... This is the story of the time we made a fake Facebook account for our teacher. So takes place, I'm 12 years old, my brother 14, and then our friend Jonathan, who I'm honored to share the stage with this morning, was 13. 
And Keenan and I had just started at Jonathan's school. And so we're trying to make a name for ourselves. You know, we're trying to become a little known in the community. So we're sitting here on just any given weekend trying to decide, like, what, what's, what are we going to do to get ourselves known? Keenan, the brilliant mind he is, has the most epic idea ever. He says, this is going to be the best. We are going to have the best prank. We are going to make a fake Facebook account for our teacher, Mr. O. It's going to be so funny. Everybody's going to think it's hilarious. So we're like, okay, whatever. We have nothing else to do. So we go, and we're getting ready to do this. And it should have been my first warning and sign that Keenan was already grounded from the computer. So I shouldn't have been listening to him. But no, younger sister I am, I just went right along with it, right? So I go, I'm sitting there at the computer, and I have Keenan on this side of me and Jonathan on this side of me. And it's like... If you can imagine the old school cartoons with the little devil and the little angel, that's exactly what it was like. Because I'm sitting there at the computer all do-do-do-do-do, and Keenan's on this side of me, my little devil, Jonathan, my little angel. Keenan's saying, this is going to be so funny. This is going to be so good. This is going to be amazing. And Jonathan, I don't have a good feeling about this. We should probably not do it. Let's just do something else. Let's go on a bike ride, right? And so, no, we go through with it. Jonathan and I just go along, and we start the process. We find his picture on Google Images and we make his account, we get his email set up, we go through the process. I'm sitting there still filling out all the questions. Keenan's over here. Make his favorite TV show numbers because he's a math teacher. Peak comedy, right? 12-year-olds. And then Jonathan's over here just still, I don't have a good feeling about this. We shouldn't be doing this. We move on. We go through, we start making Facebook statuses. We start doing the whole thing. The next step is when you have Facebook, you need friends. And who do we know in this community? We know students. So we start friend requesting all of the students that we know. And just, it's the weekend, so nothing's happening. Facebook page stays pretty quiet. Nothing is going on. Monday morning, we go to school. There's a little chatter about who is making Mr. O a Facebook page. Because it's obvious it's fake because it's only friends with ninth and eighth graders, right? And like, this just came up out of nowhere in the middle of the weekend. So it goes straight up to administration. And by the time we get to lunch, we go to lunch and there's a whiteboard. And across the whiteboard is written the email address we had used to set up the Facebook account. And so we're making eyes at each other like, we have to have a conversation. So we get together, meeting of the minds, and we're trying to figure out what do we do with this? And so Keenan's sitting over here, and of course, he is not going down for this one. He's like, I'm not saying anything. We are not telling. Jonathan said, yeah, no, we're going to tell. Like, I have my gut knows I have to turn us in. And then Keenan's over here, you can go down for this, but I'm not going down. Nobody's going to find out. How could they possibly know it was us? And Jonathan, yeah, I'm going to go tell, like, right away, right now. And he did. He went and he told on us, and we got busted. He did the right thing. I just stayed there completely silent, right? I'm along for the ride. I'm just like, I'm here, whatever. And so we go through, we get called in, and they print out the history of the Facebook page. And we get our punishment, which is we write a letter of apology to our teacher, which is good. And we write a paper on identity theft, which is good. And then we have to clean out the school buses for two weeks, sweep, mop, just everything of the school buses. It was disgusting. And that was just our school punishment, right? Of course, we all got at-home punishments as well. And they broke up the group for a little while, probably. And so we weren't able to meet together for a bit. But I think if I could just look back at my 12-year-old self sitting there at the computer, and I could be like, hey, dude, you either have 
the path of everyone's going to know who you are, not in a good way, and you're going to be spending the next two weeks in detention and probably three months grounded, or you can go this way and nobody's going to really know who you are yet, but at some point they'll get to know you and you can hang out with the friends you do have. I wish I would have known because I would have picked the path of no detention and no cleaning the buses. But unfortunately, I listened to my little devil who turned out to be a pastor, so I guess it's okay. But, uh, and I got in major trouble. Sometimes life in life, it doesn't look like a little devil and a little angel, right? Sometimes it doesn't look like you have an obvious bad influence and an obvious good influence. Sometimes it just looks like listening to the manipulative voice in our own minds or listening to the voice of truth of God. Sometimes we have to choose who are we gonna listen to? Are we gonna listen to the voice that's telling us that if we do this, we'll have more money, we'll have more success, we'll be more likable? Or are we gonna listen to this voice that's gonna say, I bring more peace, more joy, more actual influence in people's lives? Do we listen to the manipulative voice that tells us that you're not pretty enough, strong enough, tall enough, you don't have enough money, you don't have enough degrees, you don't, your job's not as cool. Or do we listen to this voice that says that we are a light of the world, that we are wonderfully made, an ambassador of Christ, that we are citizens of heaven, loved by God and called to much, much more than we can imagine. Which voice are we gonna listen to? Because we should be listening to the voice of truth, but so often we find ourselves just really listening to the manipulative voice of our own mind. And like I said, he who holds your ear holds your future. So are you going to only listen to yourself? Because this is as much as you can hold. You can only hold so much that you see for your future. This is what you think you deserve. You deserve this much. I'm not, I'm not the best around. So I probably should just have like this much of a life. But God has called you to more. God has more purpose on your life. God has more calling on your life. God has more blessing on your life than you could possibly ever imagine that you could be called into. So you could have this or you could have boundless. You could have so much more. So I encourage you today not to hold your own ear, but to lend your ear to the voice of truth. Give God that influence in your life and lean in to the promise that he holds over you. And I don't have an ending, so I'm just going to say I'm done and peace out. What's going on, Celebration Church? How's everybody doing today? There we go. So for those who don't know me, my name is Evan Luttrell, and I just want to say it is such a blessing and a privilege to just be able to be here and share what the Lord's been teaching me recently. So in light of that, I just want to dive straight into the scripture. If you're following along in your own Bibles, we will be turning to the book of Colossians, chapter 1, verses 10 and 11. If you don't have your own Bible, that's okay. We have it right here for you too. So starting in verse 10, it says, So that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. Get this so that you may have great endurance and patience. So there's a lot to unpack in just those two verses alone, but in the short time that we have today, there's really one thing that I want you to take away from this, and that is this, that when you grow in the knowledge of God, you grow in your endurance for God. So backtracking a little bit, I graduated college about a year ago, just over a year ago, and I studied exercise science. And for those who may not know much about exercise science, I really just learned how to count in 45s really well. 
So my very first semester, freshman year of college, my fall semester, one of the classes I had to take was anatomy and physiology. I have to learn about the human body and exercise science. Go figure. It's crazy. So this class had both a lecture and a lab portion. And in the lab, we came up on our first test just a few weeks into the semester. And I wasn't really used to college at this point. I had no idea what to expect. So while we were in a unit, this test was covering stuff that I wasn't really interested in. We were covering how to identify different types of tissue in the body, so bone, muscle, fat tissue, all of that, how to visually look at it and identify, okay, yeah, I know what that is. And for an 18-year-old who really just wants to learn how to get swole, wasn't really that interesting. So as any 18-year-old meathead would do, I just decided to wing it and not study for this test at all. I didn't even open my textbook. Not a great idea for those of you still in school. Please do not do that. Do not take from that example. But anyways, I do exactly that. I go in, I take this test, and going into the first question, I have no idea how I'm feeling, but then I get to the first problem, and I have to look at a piece of tissue and actually identify it, and just in my head I go, oh no, this is not gonna go well. And that's exactly what happened. So I go through this test, I knew almost nothing, and then I go home, wait for probably three days until I get my grade back, and lo and behold, I get a 38 on this test. No, not 38 out of 50, 38 out of 100. Yeah, still to this day my lowest grade. So here's the issue with that. That first problem that I faced on that test, I was able to look at it. I was able to look at it under a microscope, inspect every single aspect of it up nice and close, and I still had no idea what I was looking at. But isn't that, at one point or another, what we do in our own life? When we face the test of life, when we face the problems that get thrown at us by the enemy, we look at it every way that we ourselves can imagine. We even put it under a metaphorical microscope, and we still have no idea what to answer. We have no idea what to write in on the test, how to face it. But Paul in the book of Colossians, in the passage we just read, he gave us the study guide to the test. He tells us that to grow in our endurance and patience, we need to grow in our knowledge of God. And there are a few different ways that we can do that. And that comes through different experiences, different ways that God acts in our life. But something that we have complete control over, one way that we can actively start today, right now, growing in our knowledge of God, that's reading this. That's reading scripture. Because in Paul's second letter to Timothy, he tells us that all scripture is God-breathed. And it equips us for every good work. This right here is the word of God. This is him talking to us. It's him teaching us. It is him giving us the answers to the test. This is the textbook to the test. So when we read this, when we get in this, when we grow in our knowledge of God, it equips us for every good work. And that's the other thing Paul tells us needs to happen so that we can have that endurance. We need to bear fruit in every good work. And you can't bear fruit without first sowing a seed. And you sow a seed in many different ways because the mind is a funny thing. What you put into your mind determines what's in your heart determines how you feel, your emotions. 
And what's in your heart determines how you act or how you react to whatever it is that the enemy is throwing your way. So if you are choosing to fill your mind with things that are bearing bad fruit, well, you're not going to be able to look at what life is throwing your way and actually know what it is you're facing. You won't know how to face the problem. But if you're filling it with this, if you are sowing the seed of the word of God breathed, well, you'll be able to handle anything. Because in this, this is where he gives us his promises. This is where he, we learn about who God is, who Jesus is, what he did for us on the cross. It says in there that his mercies are new every single morning. So going off of that, I'd like to challenge you over this next week. If you already do this, you know that what I'm about to say is completely true. But I'd like to challenge you, start your day in Scripture. Start your day in the Word of God, because His mercies are new every morning. And if you equip yourself to face whatever it is that the enemy is going to try to attack you with throughout the day, before he's attacking you with it, well, it's a lot easier to fight a battle that you're equipped and prepared for than it is to start fighting after you've already been knocked down. So I challenge you today to open the textbook of life. I challenge you to sow the seed of the word of God breathed in your life today. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Caitlin Hickey, and I am so excited to be up here to share with you something that has really been on my heart and something I've really been trying to pay attention to lately in my life. The title of my message today is Who Are You Following? And I am going to be reading from John chapter 14, verse 6. John 14, 6 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. And the point that I want to pull from that is to follow Jesus is to follow life. Okay, so one day a few weeks ago, I was driving home for lunch. And for this particular day, I don't know why, but I did not eat all morning. So as I'm driving home, I start to experience this feeling that I'm sure we're all too familiar with. And it's what I call my hanger monster. <laughs> and if you don't know what that is, it's when hunger meets anger which turns into a monster. So I'm like, at this point, I need to get home and I need to get home now. So I'm driving down Knickerbocker and up ahead, I see a wreck. So I see all the police cars, I see the ambulance, I see the fire trucks, and I see all of the traffic that is backed up. So my first thought is, I need to find a way to avoid this, to just go around it. So I'm thinking, like, what routes can I take? Should I turn right, should I turn left? Or should I turn around and just go completely a different way to get home, right? Well, up ahead of me, I see this car turn right. And so I'm like, okay, I'll just follow this car. They're doing the same thing I'm trying to do, which is avoid this wreck. So, and mind you, I've lived in San Angelo for eight years and I've never driven on this road. So I'm like, all right, buddy, you're, you're leading the way because I have no idea where I'm going. So, you know, we're driving down the street and it looks like the road curves, but then we'll like straighten out. So like, we're still gonna pass the wreck, right? Wrong. This particular road loops completely back around and we start driving directly towards the wreck. So we turn right on the first street that we see and what is right up ahead of us? The wreck. 
So we're stopped at the stop sign, and the only thing that I could muster up to do in that moment is to laugh. I am laughing so hard because I tried so hard to avoid this wreck that I was willing to blindly follow somebody that I didn't even know, which only led me straight into what I was trying to avoid. And I think that's how so many of us can live our lives. You know, we see the path God has for us. He's, you know, what he has set in front of us, but we want to take shortcuts and go our way instead of his way. You know, and um, I think how many of you in here today are taking shortcuts in life to get to where God wants you only to end up where God never intended you to be just because you try to do it your way instead of following the way. You guys, it is so important who you follow because who you follow influences your life. So I wanna ask you today, who are you following? Who are you following on social media? Whether that's Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or TikTok. Who are the leaders that you are choosing to follow and listen to that are influencing your life? What friends are you following? Is anyone in your life that you are following right now only causing destruction in your life, confusion, worry, doubt, fear, or anxiety? You say, maybe it's time to ask yourself. If you are feeling those things, it's time to ask yourself, who am I following? Many times we see Jesus as a way, you know, like we see what God has for us, we see what he wants for us, but we decide to go this way because it's easier. We wanna go our way or we go this way because we think, you know, I'll just follow whoever I think will get me there the fastest. But no, he is not just a way, he is the way. And it, you know, the Bible tells us that we are given life through Jesus. And it is through Jesus that we find love, joy, peace, and rest. Jesus will never lead you to a life of destruction. So I wanna encourage you today, to choose to follow Jesus daily because following Jesus is following life. Good morning, Celebration Church. It is so good to be here. I am Jonathan Huffman and I am here not to perform or to compete, but to testify that Jesus Christ is alive and well. And I'm going to do that in five minutes. Let's start with some scripture. It's always a good idea. Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7 is where I'll be reading from today. And I probably need this scripture more than you right now. Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7 says this. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Did you know that you can be okay, even if circumstances that are outside of your control are not okay? Consider this example that was put forth by my son, Boston. He is in the room right now. One year ago tomorrow, Boston and I were celebrating the 4th of July. And at the time, he's nearly two years old, so he doesn't really understand what happens on the evening of the 4th of July. So we're outside playing, waiting for it to get dark, and of course, eventually the fireworks start. And so in this moment, my son finds himself some distance from his dad in a dark and unfamiliar place with some belligerent noises and sights coming from the sky. So he does what you would expect. He begins to freak out and he runs straight to his dad. And so I pick him up and I have him on my shoulder and I'm trying to comfort him as I'm watching the fireworks. 
And I notice after a short time that he has fallen asleep on my shoulder. And I mean mouth wide open, drooling, asleep. It's interesting because it was still dark outside. He was still in an unfamiliar place. There were still belligerent noises coming from the sky. He was able to rest, not because things around him suddenly got okay, but because the embrace of his father was closer than the chaos. And I wonder if you can relate. Have you ever been okay when you had every reason to not be okay? I've been there. I've been through a time, and it was not a short time, where fear and anxiety and especially uncertainty were so present and so close for so long that it felt like there was no distance in between me and those things. It was so heavy for so long that it literally felt like the blood in my veins had slowed down and was just barely moving. But I began to have some uncomfortable and awkward but honest prayers, and I began to open up to the Lord, and I began to allow Him to work in my life. And as this happened, over time, the fruit of the Spirit began to grow. And as the fruit of the Spirit was growing in me, I began to feel joy. And I felt joy in some place that was deeper than I felt any pain. And I began to feel peace. And as peace was growing, it was growing in between my heart and the fear. And it alleviated the need to escape. It alleviated the need to to understand what was going on. Peace was growing in between my mind and the uncertainty. It just loosened the need to know how and when this is going to end. It allowed me to trust God. It allowed me to give God the time that he was asking for. When peace begins to guard your mind and your heart, really what you're able to do is rest. And rest is a superpower. Because who has the strength here? It's the Lord. The Lord has the strength. The Lord has the authority. The Lord has the wisdom. He's the one that has these things. When you have been enabled to rest, that's when the power of God comes into effect in your life. That's when things really start to happen, is whenever you're resting and he's working. Your soul does not have to be dictated by the circumstances around you. Just like the scripture says, you can allow peace to come in and guard your hearts and your minds so that you can rest while the Lord is working things out for you. Amen? Thank you, Celebration Church. Good morning, good morning. Thank you. My name is Alyssa, um, for those of y'all who don't know me, and we're just going to go ahead and jump into John chapter 1, verse 12. Thank you, guys. Uh, John chapter 1, verse 12, and while y'all are turning there, as you can see, I have two chairs up here, and for the next few minutes, we are going to identify or label this chair as the spirit of adoption. Uh, We're going to label this chair as the seat of the orphan. So John chapter 1, verse 12 says this, But to all who did receive him, who have believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And so the point that I want to leave with you this morning is that before you were called to do anything or be anything, you were called to be a son or a daughter. And just as we read in John chapter 1, it says that those who have believed in Jesus, those who have confessed him as Savior, they have been seated here. You have been adopted into the family. You are now a son or a daughter. It's a place that can never be stripped from you. But it also says in John chapter 1 that we have a right. And having a right always means having a choice. And the beautiful thing about God is he always gives us the opportunity to choose. So even though you can be seated here This place can never be taken from you. You're a child of God. Your mind, will, and emotions can sometimes live life from this place right here as an orphan. 
When I was 15, I was about to turn 16, my parents had been looking for a car for me. My dad had texted me one day after school and he was like, hey, we think we found you a car. It's in Dallas. Let's go, you know, make a trip out of it and look. And so I was like, okay, I'm super stoked, super excited. So we go to Dallas, we look at the car, we purchase the car, we drive off with the car, right? And the whole time I'm super grateful and super excited, but it kind of just feels like this fever dream that I'm gonna eventually wake up from, like it doesn't actually feel real. And so I didn't really know how to act or like what to say, it just felt like this isn't actually happening. And so a few hours later, we're walking in downtown Dallas, and um, I just remember this light bulb going off. And I was like, I stopped dead in my tracks, and I was like, oh my gosh, like I have a car. Like there's a car parked in a parking garage in downtown Dallas, and it's mine. And it finally just hit me, and I started acting insane. I'm like jumping up and down, and I'm grabbing onto my dad's uh, arm, and I'm like, it's mine, it's mine. I'm like screaming, right? And he was so embarrassed because I was acting like a maniac in downtown Dallas. But I didn't care, you know, because he put his name on those papers. He purchased that car. He gave me the keys. And so it was something that belonged to me, and no one could tell me any different. And I just wonder how many of y'all are children of God. You have been given the inheritance, the things of God. You're a son, you're a daughter, and yet it hasn't become real to you, so you're living from this place right here. And really what this place is, is it's a space that doesn't understand or is unaware or even doubts how good our God is. And unfortunately, it's where I've walked a lot of my life with Christ, just feeling like unworthy and like I'm not good enough and I don't deserve what God's given me. And you know, there's no way his grace can cover that and he can't forgive me for all of that and still love me. And it's a place of fear and condemnation and guilt and shame and it's not a place where you belong. And so I wanna read Romans 8 verse 14 really, really fast. It says, for all who are led by the spirit of God are sons of God. For all who are led by the spirit of God are sons of God. So when you found yourself living as an orphan, it takes us partnering with the Holy Spirit and allowing him to bring us back to the seat of sonship. And the way that he does that is he begins to remind us of who the Father is and who we are to him. So that when we begin to have those thoughts of unworthiness or, you know, I'm not good enough, and it's that shame and that guilt, the Holy Spirit says, no, 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 no. You need to remember that you're a son or you're a daughter and you have a father who works all things together for the good of those who love him. You have a father who withholds nothing from his children, a father who sent his son to a cross to shed blood so that he could purchase the seat for you to sit in, not so that you'd be stuck over here feeling unloved, unworthy, or undeserving. I just want to encourage you to allow the Holy Spirit, if you've been living as an orphan, unaware that you have a father who gave up everything to be with you, Allow him to pull you up out of that place and into this place of rest, into this place of peace, a place that knows I have a father who is good and he's constant and he's faithful through and through. And so I just want to leave you with something that I feel like the Holy Spirit has been reminding me of and has been teaching me of, and it's to get back in your seat, the seat of sonship, because it's where you belong. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Celebration Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.